Some of you have asked how you can help us. While most of us would say, we want wine. <sighs> Italia Wine Podcast is a publicly funded, sponsor-driven enterprise that needs the moolah. You can donate through Patreon or GoFundMe by heading to italianwinepodcast.com. We would appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Italian Wine Podcast, a Wine to Wine Business Forum 2021 media partner, is proud to present a series of sessions highlighting the key themes and ideas from the two-day event held on October the 18th and 19th. 2021. This hybrid edition of the Business Forum was jam-packed with the most informed speakers discussing some of the hottest topics in the wine industry today. For more information, please visit winetowine.net and tune in every Thursday at 2pm Central European Time for more episodes recorded during this latest edition of Wine to Wine Business Forum. Good morning, everyone. I think we're just waiting for the slides to come up onto the screen. So just bear with me one second. Uh, they should be here in a minute. Just to uh, introduce myself. So my name is Rachel Webster, and I'm the Business Development Director um, at WSET. Um, and today we're going to be talking about the development of WSET throughout the pandemic. Um, so probably no surprises for any of you out there listening today on what we've done, um, because multiple other businesses have been in the same situation as us. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about us in general and how we've really had to adapt um, to be able to suit the pandemic, which obviously being global is, is not been the easiest thing. Uh, next slide, please. Um, so as I said, this is a little bit about me. Um, I've been at WSET for um, just over nine years now, and I've always worked in the international team. Um, so looking after all of our approved pro program providers uh, globally, uh, but I had a big focus on the Americas, so Canada, Central and South America for a long time, um, and also supported my colleagues Jude um, out in Hong Kong. Uh, but now I look after Europe, Middle East, Africa and India. Um, but again, it's still a really vast area. Um, it does say on my blurb there that I speak Spanish and Italian. I would say that with uh, two years of not being able to travel, uh, perhaps my linguistic skills uh, are uh, dropping somewhat, um, but we'll see later. So uh, hopefully there won't be too many uh, questions in Italian, but I'll, I'll give it my best. Um, so I look after, as I said, Europe, Middle East, Africa and India at WSET, but I look more at how we bring education to people. Um, so how we support our APPs um, and how we market ourselves um, to potential students. I also look at some of the decision making strategy in terms of markets that we might want to work in, but more so in products about um, how we're going to examine our students and how people are going to read our literature and what's included in that literature. Um, and I think during the pandemic that was enhanced even more so because there was some quick uh, rapid decision making that happened very early on in the pandemic in March 2020. 
No, next slide, please. Um, so I need to paint a little bit of a background to WSET. I know probably all of you are very familiar with what we do, um, but essentially we are the world's leading provider of wine, spirits and sake qualifications. We have a progressive format of study, um, so we can really take those who have no prior knowledge, absolute beginners, and we can develop them all the way to expert level. Um, and traditionally that happens in the classroom. So we have a skills-based approach to learning um, because really we want the students to be um, making the decisions about how they're learning, what they're learning and how they can use that either in their job um, or at home if they're just enjoying wine. Uh, next slide, please. Um, so just a few numbers. Um, I just think it's important to get an update about um, where WSET is. Um, so actually last year in the pandemic year, we had 100, just over 108,000 candidates globally. Um, and it was actually um, our highest number ever. And that was in 2020-21 academic year. So the, the year that finished um, at the end of July this year. Um, and that's quite phenomenal considering these the global uh, status you know that we were in still with travel restrictions still with um, social distancing restrictions etc etc so to have one of our biggest years um, has really been a triumph but again that, that hasn't been plain sailing and I will explain that a little bit in more detail later on so we have 800 APPs globally um, and I've got a slide in a minute which will show you where those based. Um, but that's in about 70 uh, markets globally. Um, sorry, if you could just go back slide. Thank you. Thank you. And um, we have nine different qualifications. Um, and we started operating in 1969. Um, and I think that's one thing that certainly stood us in really good stead in the pandemic, because we are so well integrated into the industry, not only here in the UK, but in, in some of our key markets across the world. And I think um, it's our diverse kind of spread uh, of um, markets and where our APPs have been based, which has been, um, uh, which has allowed us to ride the pandemic, um, not without its issues, of course, but um, to ensure that we still have students who are able to study because of the different restrictions that are going on globally. And so a little bit more detail about my region specifically that I look after. Um, so we have the oldest market, that's the UK. So that's where obviously we were established by the trade um, in 1969. Um, but now across the whole region, we're just shy of 40,000 candidates. 400 APPs, so half of the global amount fall in, in my region. Um, and I would say 100 uh, or so more of that would be in the UK itself. Uh, 50 markets out of the 17, so quite a large proportion there. Um, and then about 39, 40% of total candidate numbers. So a really large um, area. And our key markets within that would be the UK, France, um, India, Turkey, um, Spain, and Italy obviously is, is doing particularly well at the moment. Next slide, please. And um, so here's a list of our active markets. Um, and I put this on here not to show all of the different places that we, we work, but I want to put us into context in terms of the pandemic on how many different 
um, markets we were working with and are working with, because every single one of these is very likely to have had different pandemic um, restrictions imposed upon them, different ideas from the government about how the pandemic should be managed, uh, certain uh, different levels of kind of uh, vaccination rate and speed that that went out, the so kind of speed of return back to normality. Um, and some that weren't impacted at all um, in, in some instances. So really, we, when we were putting kind of a global plan together um, at the beginning of lockdown, we had to take that into consideration. We had to be led by what the UK government were telling us and how we could operate from our London office. Um, but we also have an office in Hong Kong um, and we do have one in America as well. So we had to adapt to those two. But then we had to make decisions based on what was going to be best for such a diverse global audience. And I think that is where we had the biggest discussions um, and you'll see the impact of that later on um, in the presentation. Uh, next slide, please. Um, I wanted to take this opportunity to introduce my colleague, Verity. Uh, Verity um, is not here today, unfortunately. Uh, it would have been great to have her here as well. Um, but she um, is part of the EMEA team. She's been at WSET since 2015, and she looks after all of our business development and supporting our APPs and looking after our markets um, in Southern Europe. Um, and that includes Italy. So I wanted um, to introduce her. She's been looking after the APPs, uh, specifically in Italy, and we're gonna talk about three APPs later and what they've done um, during the pandemic. Um, but she's been absolutely instrumental in making sure that those decisions that we made at head office are transferred appropriately to our providers who can then in turn transfer those to their candidates and make sure that the impact of the pandemic has been lessened as much as possible. Um, so that's Verity. Um, next slide, please. Um, so again, a bit of context. So why WSET? Why would someone study WSET? We've been around for a long time. Most people in the industry would know us uh, particularly here in the UK, but that varies from market to market. Um, I'm not going to read through all of these, but what I want to concentrate on is those last four that we've got here, because again, this is where our decision making was really coming into play during the pandemic. So I've already mentioned before that we're a skills based approach to education. That's what we use in the classroom, traditionally classroom format with about 90 plus percent of our students studying in a physical classroom space. So that's one, that's our first uh, benefit, but during the pandemic, our first problem that we had. Uh, we also have a key focus on um, tasting skills development. And again, that's our second um, benefit, but during the pandemic, obviously with the restrictions that was impacted and we had to look at ways around um, how to deal with that. Um, online and classroom study options, absolutely we do. We have had our online classroom set up uh, for quite some time, but that is only available in English. Um, so again, that's great, but during the pandemic, there was another restriction that came um, there. And then the last one, this is a new insert. So flexible course delivery solutions. I think pre-pandemic, as I said, about 90, 95% of our students studied um, in the classroom in a very traditional format. Um, and we um, look after our APPs, support our APPs, but by that they have session plans, they have our materials, they have PowerPoints that they can use. Um, and so 
it would probably be interpreted as relatively rigid because we want to make sure that students are reaching their learning outcomes, that the educators are fully supported and have got all of the materials they need. Um, but the very first thing during the pandemic, flexibility was something that we really, really had to address very, very quickly. Um, so we'll, we'll go on to talk about that later. And we're also government accredited uh, by Ofqual. And during the beginning of the pandemic, we had to be very mindful to work with them and always update them on our activities and our decision making, some of which were restricted because of the rules that they had in place. Um, Ofqual, obviously, because they accredit us, um, have quite strict regulations. Uh, but one thing that did happen during the pandemic is that they were much more flexible as well, allowing us to be flexible and bring these flexible options to, to people. Um, so just a brief slide here. You all know that we do wines, our level ones to four. We also do spirits, one to three, and obviously sake, um, uh, one and three. And um, so I'm not going to go into our qualifications in detail. But again, it's just there so that you understand the diversity of, of what we were trying to offer during the pandemic. And next slide, please. Um, again, I've already talked about this a little bit, our progressive learning pathway um, and how we develop those skills. And again, because of the pandemic, we had to really consider these four elements when we were introducing changes. So level one is all about exploring. So it's really kind of physical, uh, you know, getting involved in the classroom, showing different styles, food and wine pairing. It's really hands on. And obviously, when we went into the pandemic and lockdown, we had to find an alternative way to deal with that. Level two is about understanding. So again, it's about re that repetitive um, learning in the classroom, this tasting of samples to learn the theory and the tasting skills. Level three, we ex expect the student to be giving us the or the educators that information that they've learned, you know, in their own study time, bringing that to life again, developing their tasting skills um, in the classroom with the physical tasting samples in front of them um, and explaining why and how they taste as they do. And, and at level four, so our diploma level, again, that's Beginning, beginning to introduce analytical skills. So again, it's kind of discussions, open forum, brainstorming about, you know, how all of the different elements in winemaking or in different markets or in different locations all will impact, impact the, the final outcome of the taste of the wine or the style of wine. And, and to do that, it, it really does um, take group discussion. So again, one of our, our problems during the pandemic. Uh, next slide, please. Um, so I wanted to just uh, introduce a timeline of what we did um, in the pandemic. So obviously, um, Italy was one of the first European countries that, that really saw the impact of the pandemic um, before we did here in the UK. We were a couple of weeks uh, behind on that. Um, but at the beginning of March, we really knew that this well, we didn't know very much, and I think that was half of the problem. We There was no predictability in what was going to happen. We didn't know the severity of, of what was happening. Um, so in March 2020, when suddenly we were faced with a national lockdown, and multiple other markets were, we made the decision to introduce what we 
technically call option three. It's not the most glamorous of names and that will be changing. Um, but option three is where we allow digital conferencing um, to be used. So never before, uh, apart from extreme circumstances, had we encouraged the use of platforms such as Zoom um, or Teams to facilitate a mock of the classroom learning. Um, so that was something that we did pretty much overnight. We made sure that um, APPs had the support. They had to contact us to let us know that that's what they wanted to do so that we could talk through some of the different skills that they would need to be able to teach online. Um, we would obviously talk to them about samples and that it comes on to the next um, month there, April 2020. So um, it's not the only company that we work with, but WSET worked and had prior to the pandemic had already worked with Vinibi um, to sort out miniature wine samples that match the recommended samples in our specifications. And this was really important to make more widely available for people and um, for our APPs or for our students. Um, and samples that we had checked the quality of, we knew that they were meeting the requirements of, of the specifications and that students could order or APPs could order and they delivered to their home in the condition that we were expecting them to arrive in. Um, so having these samples uh, being able to be sent to people at home allowed them to continue doing the classroom course, but via a virtual platform on Zoom, Teams, etc. Um, the sessions were elongated because you can't cover the same in an hour and a half uh, online as you can in a classroom. You need a few more breaks because obviously online studying is really hard. Um, but the EMEA team in particular really supported the APPs in either using those Vinavai samples or sourcing their own. And we will come on to some case studies where people actually started making their own and sending them out um, by post or um, delivering them if restrictions allowed them to um, hand deliver them as well. In May 2020, we introduced remote invigilation. Um, I'm going to talk in more detail on a separate slide about this, um, because I think this is the one thing that really was a massive game changer for WSET and for our students and for our providers in being able to continue um, operating during the pandemic. Um, in July 2020, we also released our ebooks. So um, traditionally, we have uh, paper copies of our materials, which are sent to people's addresses. Um, but in July 2020, we made all of those available um, in an ebook, which again meant that any disruptions to courier posting um, could be avoided and people had their materials in front of them. They could read them at home um, or if they were. Um, able to go into work on their commute, etc. Um, and then the future, there's a future button there. And everything I'm going to talk about or have talked about, I just want to reassure everyone that we're still kind of developing what we introduced during the pandemic. Um, some of those have brought us real opportunities. Um, and we have needed to be careful and needed to be apprehensive about things. But actually, the last 18 months has been a really important test bed for WSET um, and allowed us to be more flexible, allowed our providers to be more flexible. And um, so we're really working with the learnings that we've had over that time um, to be able to bring some of these options to kind of a permanent status um, for WSET. So we won't be withdrawing. Um, our option three or our remote invigilation, our aim now is to make them even better and more, even more accessible to our students.
Um, so I'll talk a little bit more about them in more detail across the next slides. Um, so next slide, please. Um, so I said about 90%, 95% of our students will, will study in person, so in a classroom. They will go together and have their samples, um, have their teaching as, as a group. Um, but that in the pandemic wasn't allowed. And I said that we introduced video conferencing to mimic the classroom activity. Um, a lot of countries were in lockdown for two to three months, some a little bit longer. Um, here in the UK, we were in and out like uh, a yo-yo, really, and um, with uh, different levels of, of lockdown. And being able to take the in-person courses onto the digital platform meant that our APPs could advertise courses using this format um, and know that their plans weren't going to be interrupted. So, you know, our level three course can run across three months, for example. So the status of restrictions would have been very different from the beginning to the end of those three months. But it allowed um, consistency, continuity for our APBs and for our students and to be able to study like that. Um, and some APBs, when it was a possibility, did return to the classroom for finishing off um, the, the classes um, and doing the exams. Um, and also to do some tasting days so the students got some real life group tasting practice before they went into exams, etc. But something we really need to consider now, and London School has a really clear profile about how to do this, is monitoring how we need to adapt for social distancing, passing around samples in a class, the additional hygiene, the capacity, whether we can request that people have COVID tests, etc. So again, each you know, each market has had to adapt to their local restrictions, but that's something that our business development teams will support our providers with, uh, because more than anything, we want our students to be comfortable, happy, feeling safe that they're going into the classroom that we've thought about um, how best to operate, um, even now when there are still some restrictions and high levels of COVID in some markets. <laughs> Are you enjoying this podcast? There's so much more high quality wine content available from Mama Jumbo Shrimp. Check out our new wine study maps, our books on Italian wine, including Italian Wine Unplugged, The Jumbo Shrimp Guide to Italian Wine, Sangiovese Lambrusco and other stories, and much, much more on our website, mamajumboshrimp.com. Now back to the show. Um, so virtual classes via video conferencing, I've already talked a lot about this, so I won't go into any more detail here. As I said, um, the ABP is generally sending the samples to people, so they've got exactly the same opportunities. Um, they might be sending out miniatures or uh, recommending samples that need to be purchased by the student for, for delivery. Um, next slide, please. So our online classroom. Um, is a self-guided learning opportunity um, which is monitored by an expert online educator and um, we made plenty of enhancements um, during the pandemic to our online offering and um, so we moved platform we updated the activities we made it a lot more interactive with forums and videos um, because we wanted kind of recreate that same um, experience that people would have um, in the actual physical classroom. Now it's monitor monitored by an online educator. There are activities to be done weekly, but there are no specific times where a student has to log in. So there's no group activity. Um, but what is 
um, a flexible option is that APPs can add onto that. So they can use the online classroom, but if they then want to bring in one or two Zoom um, calls as well um, with their students, they can absolutely do that. So they can add on and do a hybrid of the online classroom and the, the Zoom options. Um, and this is something that we've seen kind of develop more and more during the pandemic and one that we don't have restrictions on and um, so APPs can choose to have as much additional contact time with their students as they as they wish. Uh, with this option students would normally source their own um, samples um, but during the pandemic we did again see more APPs who were sourcing them for them just because of the restrictions and local lockdowns inability to get out or it not being safe to go to the wine merchant or to the supermarket um, uh, not being priority during especially during the first uh, few months of, of lockdown. Uh, next slide please. Um, so our biggest kind of introduction was with remote invigilation exams. So this was introduced in 2020. It's available for level one and level two exams in wine, spirits and sake, but only in English. Um, it does enable someone to study 100% of their qualification remotely without leaving their own home if they wish. Um, and what we worked really hard on um, is making sure that we were safeguarding the integrity of WSET examinations. So most of you who are familiar with WSET will know that all of our exams are in classroom, they're invigilated, there are very tight restrictions on what can happen during those exams um, and the procedure of then marking their exams afterwards, etc. But so what we developed was the remote invigilation using a company called BTL. Um, and we had to write guidance um, to be able to give to providers and uh, guidance that um, needed to be given to students about how to set up, how to make sure that their exam wasn't invalidated. Uh, we produced videos to enable a higher success rate. Um, it certainly is not without its issues. You have to have um, a very strong you know, internet connection to be able to successfully complete the exam. You need two devices, so one way you're doing your exam and another camera that is watching you. And when we first went out and um, we released it and did some pilots, every single one of those exam videos were watched um, and processed by our you know, QA team, actually, at WSET, to ensure um, the integrity of those exams. Over time, we've been able to refine how those videos are viewed, how they're invigilated by BTL and Proctor app. Um, and now we do sample testing to make sure um, that the integrity is, is always yeah, been met and our standards have been met. Um, it's been, on the whole, a really successful way of being able to take your exam um, and actually is one that we will continue with post pandemic because it um, takes pressure of people having to travel somewhere for their exam. <clears throat> Um, some people prefer to study uh, or do their exam uh, digitally. Um, it's much better for some of those kind of special considerations that we um, we need to, to find more accessible ways. So for those with dyslexia, etc., um, can change the screen format um, and have uh, larger letters and different colours and all sorts. So it's much more accessible um, way of being able to be examined. Um, we didn't um, release this at level three because obviously that is where we also have a tasting element to the exam. So we needed to um, 
further refine how that was possible. Work will be ongoing um, looking into that, investigating the options that we have there. Um, we were very, we were in a very fortunate situation because prior to the pandemic, we had been working on a computer-based testing uh, project. So where all of our exams in all languages would be available to be done on a computer, but in a classroom. And um, so all, a lot of the development had been done, a lot of the translation work had been done. Um, so we were able to pick that up and plop that into kind of the remote invigilation platform so that we could roll that out a lot faster. So we started doing pilots in April um, in 2020, so only a month after we went into lockdown. And then um, we released that to ABPs towards the end of May in 2020. And we had quite a, a, an intake of students via that method and during those first kind of four months of lockdown. We then saw a little bit of ease off as restrictions became kind of less strict and people could return to the classroom. Um, but then throughout Europe, we went into the lockdown again in, in winter. Again, we saw a, a steep rise. Um, and then I, now it's kind of settled out at a certain level, but there are particular markets that work really well and, and there's a real demand for remote invigilation and um, the USA being one, Canada, and um, mostly because of the vast distances that people then don't have to travel to do their exam. And um, so it's been a really popular choice and something that we are working on now is looking at how we can further refine that offering. Um, it's really important that we continue to safeguard the integrity, but we make it really easy for our students and for our providers to, to use um, and reducing the technical issues, etc. We've done a really good job at moving through that over the last 18 months, but we know that we can continue to refine that and um, improve uh, those services. Uh, next slide, please. So I just wanted to, I haven't got too long left because I would like to see if there are any questions a bit later, but I want to talk about um, three of our providers um, in Italy who have been using these different um, things in different ways. So here we've got Flavio. Um, so Flavio um, founded Academia Vino um, 11 years ago now um, and won Educator of the Year uh, last year. Um, so I'm just going to read off here what he said, actually, and, and Flavio really has been an absolute inspiration, not only to our Italian AVPs, but to WSET HQ. And um, we, we have talked about Flavio an awful lot when we're speaking with, with other providers elsewhere in the world as well. So real inspiration um, and one of the AVPs who turned the pandemic situation around really, really quickly for his own business in order to be able to still reach his own students. Um, so he says that he's continued to offer e-learning courses for all qualifications, and I can definitely guarantee that they were probably the first or second APP to test remote invigilation um, exams. So they did some piloting for us as well. Um, and here he says that they're offering courses in a hybrid format. Um, so again, that's Zoom and you know obviously other platforms. There's still some live broadcasting. There's still some classroom. Um, activities but one thing that Flavio has really done is embrace remote invigilation exams but also um, he has developed his own tasting samples so Mignon Vino um, and they've proven to be incredibly successful 
tools. So not only are they being used for the digital options for Flavio, but they're also being used in the classroom um, as well. Um, so I think this is um, a really, really good way of taking what WSET have offered in its rawest uh, form and, and really making it suit Flavio's local market needs, his local restrictions, um, and the capability that he has with his team as well. Um, so another uh, one of our educators, Christina McCurry, um, so she teaches um, with her at APP, the Wine Club, um, and here she says that the biggest challenge was to convey the message that online learning is exactly the same and I think this is the beauty of using either our online classroom um, platform so the canvas platform um, and being able to add live uh, content to that live um, kind of zoom catch-ups and tasting samples um, but also the actual classroom itself the uh, interactivity the, uh, of, of the platform has been enhanced. Uh, the group work is, is you know, really encouraged. Um, and Christina, I know, reaches out to her, her students, uses Zoom um, and equivalents. Um, and she says here that, you know, the benefit really of that is that students tend to be less shy. They, they wait, they can digest that information, they can look through notes, they can make notes. Um, while they're listening and then they can raise their hand and it's probably a little bit more of a controlled environment and um, sometimes people in a classroom get a bit lost it can be a bit intimidating those who are more confident and more outspoken will always get in there before them and um, so this has been a real benefit that Christina has seen in, in the teaching I think the, as she said here the challenges is for the educator because it's really exhausting we've all done lots of webinars we've all done uh, you know podcasts or lots of different ways of being online being digital and it's really exhausting and um, it's very difficult at the moment I'm speaking to a screen and I don't know who's there I don't know how many of you are there and um, I can't see the look on your faces to see if what I'm saying is relevant and I think in the classroom um, you get a feel when people are physically in front of you, you can really feel that energy that they're giving off. You can see if someone's not following, whereas online when you're using Zoom, you really need to be an expert in reading those facial expressions, making people kind of keep their attention, engaging with the students and so more activity, which therefore is going to elongate the, the course itself. So you're probably going to have to put in more hours um, of study as well, of learning um, on those courses to make sure that things aren't missed off, that the pace isn't too fast, etc. And so our third APP here um, is Matteo. Um, so Matteo is based in Verona, uh, but he does run courses throughout um, Italy. Um, so he has used a mix of Zoom classes supported by the WSET online classroom. Um, and the challenges um, he said is about the tasting samples. Um, and it's really hard because you can't physically see what other people have got in their glasses when they're in their own home. So even if you're holding up the sample, it might look a different colour depending on the light that you've got in your room. Um, and so I think that's what he found um, quite difficult. However, over time, you can adapt to that. You can find different ways of sourcing samples. Um, and actually at levels one and two in particular, really just getting people used to tasting, being a bit more confident with, with tasting um, their samples, whatever is in front of them, even if it doesn't always match what um, students uh, in their own homes have, have also got. 
Um, the benefit there is that the, he's been working with much smaller groups, so there's been a higher level of interaction. And I think that's what I was saying about Christina, is that some of those groups are going to have to be a bit smaller to make sure that you can really um, still uh, communicate effectively with those in the classroom, um, because things do take a little bit longer and there is that, that barrier, isn't there, of the physical computer screen um, in the way. And so I've talked all about education. I'm going to wrap it up a little bit in, in a minute. but. I've talked all about what we've done to facilitate, you know, our APPs to be able to adapt to not being able to leave their house in certain circumstances. And I think two years ago, we wouldn't have even dreamed that that would happen. Um, but it's not just how we deliver our courses that's changed. You know, there's four elements here, uh, marketing, exam processing, Brexit and our travel that have all been impacted and continue to, to impact what we're doing. With marketing, it's really allowed us to experiment with new um, activities. So doing a lot more webinars and series, reaching our providers and our students in different ways. Um, so we've not been able to physically go see people in person. Um, like we used to do a lot of you know, trade fair events, Provine, uh, Vinitaly, et cetera. But obviously with lots of cancellations and lots of doubt with travel, we've been un unable to do those. Um, so we've definitely had to move um, to the more digital side of things. And last year we ran our first digital graduation for our diploma um, students. So we did a local um, events for our key key markets. So in, in the Americas, in APAC and in um, Europe, Middle East, Africa and India as well. So we tried to reach students in other ways. Our exams processing obviously has been really hard hit. Um, you know, with the restrictions that we had at the beginning of lockdown, we weren't able to go to the office at all. And our exams processing is a is quite a manual uh, process. Obviously, we have physical papers that need to be looked at, scanned and, and marked by human beings. Um, um, and so that definitely created its issues. We are still today under restrictions in, in our HQ. Um, so we work in bubbles still to make sure that our, our exams team are able to be um, you know, continually working. So there's no blips, there's no time where um, there's infection, COVID infection or anything like that. So it's a really safe working environment for them, which is great, uh, but it also does protect um, against um, our services being interfered with because of, of COVID. Uh, there's a lot more remote working going on, not just in exams, but across the whole business. And again, that has its benefits. We've all probably enjoyed being at home. Um, I am currently sitting surrounded by boxes because I'm moving house today. So uh, it's a bit chaotic, um, but it just proves that actually we can continue to work, we can continue to do. Um, and I think that's exactly what we've, we've done. Uh, Brexit, I'm not going to go into detail, that is not what this is for, but we have to understand that the combination of Brexit and COVID has caused uh, all sorts of issues with careers, sending, duty restrictions, etc. for our providers, particularly obviously across Europe, um, which, you know, alongside the pandemic, we've added uh, Brexit to the mix, so it's been a really difficult time um, for our providers and the students. Um, I think that really leads me on to saying that even though WSET have been able to introduce some of these new elements um, and we will continue to refine them, they would not be successful without the sheer uh, hard work and determination of all of our APPs, all of our educators and all of our students for being willing to accept these changes 
WICT is very traditional, um, but we've really had to kind of break out of that mold. And it's been amazing. Um, you know, there, there are definitely positives that have come from this and our, our APPs have embraced it. They have been incredibly patient, incredibly hardworking. Um, and all of the thanks for kind of us continuing education throughout the pandemic rests on them 100%. Um, without, you know, the, those three examples, we really wouldn't have been able to serve students um, throughout the lockdown. So my big thanks definitely go to all of our providers out there who have made our decision making kind of come to life. So that's um, the end of my presentation. So I think uh, I'm not sure if there were any questions, um, but thank you very much for listening. And again, a big thank you to our APPs and our educators who have worked so hard um, on getting to this point. Um, we will definitely be in touch with them, with them soon, uh, asking them questions about how we develop all of these options further, how we introduce um, upgrades to them and how we can improve going forward. So there's, um, there's plenty of uh, exciting opportunities ahead, I, I believe, for WSET and for, for students uh, studying our courses. So I think there is a question, I'm just having a quick look on the chat here. So is it more expensive for students and APPs to do remote courses um, as samples have to be shipped and sourced? Um, I think that's a really good question. And actually, I don't think there's a very good answer to it. It really does depend because we work across 70 markets. And in some of those markets, sample sourcing is incredibly expensive anyway. So actually, when we've seen the samples going to miniatures are being sent out, there's not a huge change in the overall course cost because APPs would ordinarily probably be paying for facilities um, to, you know, classroom facilities, um, but they won't need to if everyone's studying at home. So it kind of has balanced out. I think in some cases, those additional samples have become optional um, for students to to purchase. So the, the APP is responsible for giving the minimum requirements, um, but then would then offer an additional list if people wanted to do more kind of tasting in their own time. Um, so I, I think it really varies from market to market, um, but certainly students would always make sure that they're getting the samples that are um, listed. The APP should all be advertising what kind of samples that uh, students will be able to taste. So definitely keep an eye out for, for that. Um, I'll just see if there is any other questions. I don't think there there is. I'll just wait one more second, and if not, I will come to a close. Okay, it doesn't look like there are any more questions there at all. So finishing a little bit ahead of time, but um, if anyone does have any questions or uh, want to ask any questions, then um, don't hesitate to drop me a message on LinkedIn or on the platform um, or on email as well. Um, my email address is available on the WSET website. So please uh, do let me know um, if you've got any questions. I'll be more than delighted to help. Um, thank you very much for your time today and hopefully see you in person soon. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.